welcome to Mystery Beers episode number 243 of... Brutal Battle. This wraps up our Mystery Beers stint with the beers I bought from Chicago through Beer Temple online. And um, yeah, that means we also have a topic. We'll be talking about a topic again. People, let me know, have you guys been happy that we've gone back to one of these types of episodes, well, three now, of these with talking about the kind of beer topics? Is that refreshing? Is that fun? Is it something you'd like more of? Hit us up, BrutalBattlePodcast at gmail.com. So, Rebecca, you see two beers sitting mm-hmm, in front I of you. I do, and I want to drink them. <laughs> but you got to do the work first of talking about this topic. Barf. And what is this topic? What are we talking Untapped. about? Untapped. Mm-hmm. So you may be thinking to yourself, God, people talk about Untapped all the time. Uh, and we have talked about Untapped on this podcast in the past, but it's been a while. And I read an article on um, good beer hunting, which they have like the first five or six articles, or the most recent five or six articles uh, for free. But then if you want to see other ones, I believe you have to pay. So if you want to keep up on things, just keep checking their website every now and then if you want to read all their articles, because they have really great writing, by the way. So the article that we're referring to is entitled Tyranny of the Tickers, How Untapped Ratings Became Craft Beer's Most Fickle Prize. And as you can probably guess, it's kind of about what the role of untapped in the craft beer community has ended up leading to in the industry. Some implications and just kind of picking apart where things were before untapped showed up and where they kind of are now in a sense. And also projecting a few things for the future. So we'll just talk about a few, you know, main points. So initially I have some actual like notes that I can, you know, pull from. But Rebecca, you did not take notes. So I want to ask you, what are things that you want to bring up about it? (laughs) I did not take notes. No, I just kind of perused the article. I was kind of reading it while Carlin was doing another recording, actually. Um, So my focus was a little divided because I wanted to hear how Carlin was uh, rating the beers of the episode he just recorded. That you would end up drinking later. Yeah. I was like, is this one going to be good? Mm -hmm. Um, So basically it's talking about some of the changes. I think that one of the, an interesting thing is um, check-ins have been down since the pandemic started. Yeah. I actually put down the stat. It said, U.S. check-ins, this is from 2019 to 2020 based off the uh, pandemic, U.S. check-ins declined from eight hundred or eighty-nine point one million in twenty nineteen to sixty-seven point four million in twenty twenty. That's a big drop off, yeah. which speaks to people aren't really going to bars Not and restaurants rest, yeah. and breweries as much because of what's happened. So obviously, a lot of check-ins end up coming from those type of situations. Yeah. So it makes you wonder. I mean, people are still drinking. Mm-hmm. Are people just less likely to check in when they're drinking from home? I think there could be a component of that. I think there's also a component of when people go out to like bars and restaurants and breweries, I think a lot of times they like to do samplers. And they check in more often. Well, yeah, that's more check-ins versus if you're staying home, you're probably not doing samplers at home. Right. Um, So I think that probably accounts for a pretty decent chunk of that loss of check-ins. That's just me kind of spitballing with it. I think also... You know, maybe people aren't drinking as much or maybe people just don't feel as much that they want to be using Untapped when they're just at home. Even though uh, it is important to point out Untapped created a badge 
for checking in and a venue for checking in at, at your home. own house. Right. Yes. And that's new since the pandemic. Yes, exactly. Which, you know, that's one of the things they do. They have people incentivized to check in their beers by having these badges you can earn. And they're, I think, up now up to 100 levels in each of the badges that they do. So, yeah. So, you can keep getting them and getting them and getting them. So, what else did you want to talk about with it? Um, I thought it was interesting that, you know, sometimes people will be disinvited or, or invited to certain events based on their ratings on untapped. Yeah, that was one of the big things that really hit me that I I hadn't thought about. No, I didn't either. And that's one of the things is like, you see an article about untapped and you just kind of think, oh, I know this is going to be, they're probably just going to complain about how untapped is ruining the beer industry because everyone thinks they're a beer judge now, which actually is one of the points they kind of make that everyone acts kind of like a beer judge in a sense with this. But there's a lot that you kind of like, it makes sense, Mm -hmm. but until you read it or until someone tells you it, you're not thinking about about it. it. Right. And what you're pointing out is one of them, which is literally uh, occurrences of breweries being disinvited from festivals because their untapped ratings weren't high enough or discounting working with certain other breweries on beer collaborations because they don't have high enough untapped ratings, which gets more to the core of a lot of what the article talks about, which is people, uh, breweries, festivals, companies, you know, distributors, bars, all these places using untapped and their data, as specifically their average, averages and ratings on averages for styles, breweries, and specific beers to dictate what they serve or what they have available. And breweries in particular, in particular, using that for deciding what they're going to brew and make available. Right. Um, But I think one of the other big points of the article was, you know, and that, you know, I kind of, again, one of those things that you kind of know, but don't really think about is just how well certain beers do on Untapped versus others. So you have just this bias that because the top, t- what I think was the top ten beers on Untapped are all bourbon barrel aged stouts. Of the top ten highest rated beers on Untapped, nine are bur- are barrel aged stouts. Okay, and the other one in the top ten is an Imperial IPA, which is the other style that they've cited as being skewed higher on its average. Along with these, well, I think they said stuff. like, yeah, like IPAs have, you know, IPAs, double IPAs, triple IPAs have like the highest mm-hmm. number of check-ins. Yeah, and th- and this goes to something where you know I was talking about this earlier today, actually, with Rebecca's sister Emily, Emily Bowling, um, who's given us beers for the show before, by mm-hmm. the way, she's awesome. Uh, if you think about it. The the reason, one of the big reasons, in my opinion, this was not in the article, this is my opinion, one of the big reasons that the, you know, the bourbon barrel aged stouts and the IPAs and sours and stuff like that are getting higher and better ratings and more check-ins on Untapped has to do with the fact that how much can you do to something like a Pilsner or a Kolsch or a Cream Ale or, you know, like some of these styles... There's not as much variation that people are willing to accept or look into or put time into making. So think about how many different things you can do to a barrel-aged imperial stout. You know, you can put all sorts of extra ingredients in there. You can do it in multiple barrels. You can do it for different barrel lengths versus how many different ways are you going to do a Pilsner? 
You're not going to put a bunch of extra ingredients into a Pilsner, especially if you're trying to make it taste like a Pilsner. So inherently, there is a bias against certain styles. And one of the big issues is they were basically saying that, like, it just averages people's check-ins. And one of the things it doesn't account for, apparently, is when someone checks in and says, one star for a Pilsner, and then they put in their comments, I just don't like Pilsners. Right. But that one star gets averaged in for that beer, for that brewery, for that style. So it's this skewed, messed up thing. Now, that said, I see a potential way to fix this issue. Um, I actually have a background. My job is in metrics, so I work with data and stuff like that. I'm not the smartest person in the world when it comes to that. I'm not the best when it comes to that. So that's a bit of a disclaimer. But I, I know some of what I'm talking about with this. And one of the things that I'm sure they can do with their untapped program is set up basically a some coding in the program where it checks to see if there's like a one-star rating, if certain words or certain combinations of words show up in the comments section. And if it does, they could write it so that it automatically does not count that rating towards the average. What wor- words would you have, though? Not my favorite style. Like, you could literally have oh. it search a phrase. Not my favorite style. Don't like style. You know, things Something like with that. style. Yeah, exactly. Like, you could be a Because you can't just have flag. don't like because I mean, that wouldn't be as specific. Yeah, and it literally could be as easy as it searches out one-star rating and just says style in the comments somewhere. Because most likely, that's the reasoning. Mm-hmm. If someone's bringing up the style that they don't like it. So what I'm saying is, I think that's something that Untappd needs to look into to kind of make it more fair. To Because the way they've been going about it, it's just like no holds barred rating. Like it's very simplistic. Right. And every rating just goes into this average. But they need to start looking at fairness amongst styles. And weighting it a little bit to a degree. Because we obviously know about this. And if they have people, I don't know who they employ, you know, what positions they have in Untapped, how deep they get into their data, right. how much people really analyze it and look at it, how smart the people are who do that, if they have people to do that. I don't know. But I'm just saying if they don't have those people or if they're not at a certain level, they should get those people to, to increase the product of the data because they sell the data. Mm. There literally is untapped for business where they're selling to companies, you know, whether it's distributors, breweries, liquor stores, whatever, they're selling a, a data package in essence saying that, you know, you can access all this extra stuff to help you decide what beers you want to carry and what breweries and, you know, all that stuff. So Hmm. making your data better in that instance, I think is the right thing to do. And I think that's, well, that would serve everybody. All yeah. stakeholders. Well, and also, if you make that leap and you do that, you can easily advertise that. And that makes you more trusted, mm-hmm. in my opinion. It really does. Now, this kind of leads to one of the other points in the in the um, article is that, you know, Untapped wasn't the only beer rating anything out there. You know, Rate Beer and Beer Advocate right. was there first. But the difference there is that Rape Beer and Beer Advocate were all web-based. You know, they, they didn't have they apps. Didn't have and the the way that things were done is, like, longer, like, written reviews on beers, basically. 
So you need to devote more time. So the type of people they were getting by and large for doing those reviews and doing the ratings were people who were more knowledgeable, nerdier, more into the craft beer industry. Whereas untapped, that's very easy, very quick to use and has a social element to it is more of anyone can do it. So literally, I mean, I do this. You can just jump on untapped, rate a beer real fast and be out of it in seconds. Mm -hmm. And people do it like people use it that way. And, you know, they're incentivized, obviously, to check into a lot. So some people are just doing it to get those badges or just to, you know, have their friends see, oh, this person checked into this many beers or they checked into these particular beers because they're popular or they're rare or whatever. You know, rate beer and, and beer advocate weren't like that. Now, I'm not saying this to say that, you know, they're better necessarily, but I mean, I think there are differences. Right. I think there's pros and cons to both. Yeah. You know, I think there's, it's nice that there's something so accessible and easy to use for your average Joe. Right. But then it does end up creating that problem of, you know, what's the knowledge base? Right. And are these people being fair? Because then you get to the issue of every individual person rates things differently. Mm -hmm. Everyone has their own scale. This podcast is a perfect example of that. How many people out there would give a solid beer a four out of 10? Not many. I mean, Kyle Norman, he's in comparison to me on untapped. He's very liberal with the way he rates beers. Now that's better for breweries. I, I realize, but that's that issue of how do you take into account everyone's personal rating scale? Mm -hmm. I think this is actually something that Kyle and I have talked and texted about in the past is, um, yeah, just kind of figuring out, like, unless you know the person, you don't necessarily know what they're saying about a beer with a star rating. Right. But if you know me, you know that, like, when I'm usually giving a three to a beer on untapped, that's a good beer. I just don't, but I know people who, you know, it's not good unless they're giving it a five. Well, and we've talked about this in the podcast too. There's so much that goes into rating a beer. Yes. It's like your mood, the time of year, how you're drinking it. Are you drinking alone or with someone else? Are you out? Are you at home? And then for that very unsure data to be rolled up and used to make decisions. Right. Is tough. And that gets to another thing in the article, which is basically that. They don't provide information. They say that they don't track it untapped. And I can understand why, because it's probably not information they want to be known because it can only be bad for them, uh, which is the amount of engagement that people have. They only really report how many users they have. They don't report active users. They don't report how active certain users are or, you know, like a scale of like, this percentage of registered users on our app are at this level of activity. And then there's a, a portion at this level of activity. They don't do that. And I'm sure the reason for that is it's not a selling point. It's mm -hmm. definitely not a selling point because in, instead you just say, well, we have this many people registered. And then people will just assume, oh, all these people are using it. No, all those people are not using it. Rebecca, when was the last time you yeah, checked in on I was untapped? saying, that's me. I haven't, I mm -hmm. have an account. I haven't checked in in a long time. Yeah, years probably at this point. At least two years at this yeah. point. Me, on the other hand, I check in every week, multiple times. Every time I'm having a beer, I'm making sure that I check in. So someone like me, I'm influencing 
the data that's being used to make beer decisions way more than you are. Mm -hmm. But we're each one consumer. Mm -hmm. So it's unfair. The data is skewed. And that's one of the points that the article makes is that you have a very, most likely a very small subset of the craft beer consumer market who is comprising the actual data that's being used to make decisions. Therefore, you're having a very small section of the craft beer consumer market who's deciding what breweries brew, which is why you're getting to, you know, what's popular, you know, the bourbon barrel aged stouts, only IPAs. Maybe that's the reason we made it to this hazy bullshit. I don't know. Um, but it raises a lot of questions. Yeah. It, was, it definitely makes you think a lot. And it, well, and it also just raises a lot of questions of where are, where, where should we be going? You know, what should we do specifically? What should untapped be doing? You know, does untapped only care about getting people registered and then after that, whatever. Right. Or do they actually care about the fidelity of their numbers? And I guess only time will tell with that. And I think it would be nice if they provided how active users were, or even if they're not going to provide that as like public knowledge, they should look into that to know, because then they might be able to use that to, you know, more fairly weight the numbers for certain things, because within a person, you can figure out the analytics on that individual person and see like, typically they're giving Pilsners a, you know, two-star rating on average. And typically they're giving IPAs a four-star rating on average. And then from that, you can use that to basically create a formula that can um, balance it out. And if you do that, I mean, it's, I'm sure it's a lot of work, but if you do that for each individual person, then you'd have some great data that's right. fair. But, you know, their company... They're probably not going to do something like that. But yeah, let me look through and make sure we hit everything that, that I thought was particularly important. But Oh, uh, apparently Untapped said that they add between 90,000 and, and 100,000 new registered users each month in the U.S. Oh, wow. Now, apparently the amount of registered users has slowed down over time, especially during the pandemic, but it's increased internationally. Oh yeah. So I as, yeah. That. So as far as new users, they're relying more on international, which I'm assuming it's because it's newer markets. You know, they're going in there. So, um, do 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 do. Oh, one of the other things is people using Untapped to buy beers. They're not necessarily using the overall averages. Sometimes they're just using the averages of their friends. Or they're using the the ratings of like one or two people they feel like they trust, and then that goes to the do you know how this person rates type thing. Yeah. So I thought that's that's important to bring up as well. Um, I think that might be because we covered a lot. So yeah, I think okay. we covered most things. Yes, yeah. I think we covered everything Let's we get really want. Drinking. Woo! Uh, that ended up being a much better topic and a much more robust uh, conversation than I initially thought it would be yeah so it was good people did we blow your minds yeah probably not but hopefully we taught you something and uh let's teach our palates something yeah about these beers
So the first beer, Rebecca, you lead. Since I know one? what the beers are, you do not. Yes, that was the first one. Okay. Go for it. What does it look like to you? Yellow orange. Yep. I would agree with that. It's a little hazy. Yeah. Decent haze. Can't see through it. What does it smell like? <sighs> I think it smells good. I think it, it smells smell good. good. Damn, it's I think that smells good. Very citrusy. Yeah, super citrus. Any particular citrus? I'm definitely getting pineapple. Yep. I would say I get that. Definitely. I mean, it's just like that pineapple, mango, orange kind yeah. of Like hybrid. nice, citrusy, yeah. tropical. Yeah, I agree with that. Now, the pine, like a little bit of the pine note, I think, rolls in with the mango. Yeah. as we talked about, mango is like that mix of like pine and citrus. But yeah, I definitely distinctly smell mango, distinctly smell pineapple. Little just orange in general in there too. Little yeasty though. Yeah. It's got that little yeastiness, letting you know it's probably hazy. A hazy IPA. Yeah. That's that bready, yeah, yeasty. Yeah. It smells good though. Typical for a hazy IPA. It has an amazing nose. Don't trust the the hazy IPAs that don't have amazing noses. Because <laughs> most likely they're just gonna be garbage. But. Man, the flavor falls really flat. Ooh, in comparison to that nose, holy crap. I mean, I'm getting like the yeastiness, I'm getting a little citrus, but it's kind of a watery mouthfeel and really light on the flavor. This is the problem with hazy IPAs in general. Now, that said, there are obviously breweries who do really awesome jobs where, you know, you smell it and you're like, oh man, that's amazing. And then the flavor is usually less, but not much less. This is significantly less. Mm-hmm. It's very watery. Yeah, it is. And then you get, like, a low-level, like, medium-low bitterness at the end and just that kind of yeasty flavor. Yeah, I don't really like it. Based on the nose, I wanted to like it. Oh, yeah. I do get a little bit of that kind of citrusy tropicality up front, but it goes it's away so, so quick. It is yeah. low. It's a... Initially, it's it's low when you taste it, and then it just goes away to that bitter and yeasty. Very quickly. And that's like it, so. I mean, and I just slugged the rest of what I had in my, in my glass, and usually that gives you more flavor. It didn't do anything. No. Like, it, it's, it's the same, man. And it just finishes with this yeasty bitterness. Yeah. That is why I hate hazy IPAs. That's why I don't like them. That sucks. Okay. All right, let's go to beer B. Beer B is much more clear. It's very orange. It's eh, yellowish. A little yeah. yellowish to it. A little, no, yeah, I think it's more orange. No head. No head. Whatsoever. Very flat looking. What does it smell like? Hmm. Ooh. Yeah. I'm not saying anything. This is all you to start to lead. It's very lemony. It's got, yeah, there's that lemony sourness there for sure. Anything else? There is something in particular I pick up on it, but that's because... You know what it is. Maybe I would have gotten it otherwise. I think I probably would have. I'm getting vanilla. Hmm. I'm going to sniff that again. I don't... I don't think. I mean, for me, I don't get that. I don't get the vanilla on the nose. I'm getting um, 
oak. Okay. I, I see where you're getting kind of a little bit of a like woodiness. Woody. Yeah, I can see that. Lemon wood. So, I will say this because it's not going to you know ruin anything. I'm not. I'm not going to say the one thing that would definitely ruin it. I'm going to let you taste it and see if you taste what okay. I'm saying. I smell, but I do smell um, like a little funkiness. Yes, it's a little yes. funky, but not too much to the level where you wouldn't like yeah. it. And it almost, it comes off a little Brett-like, actually. It's got that little funky Britannomyces note. So flavor-wise, Rebecca. Well, it finishes with a naked Cheerio, which I like. I know, that's that's your jam. I love it. Always your jam. Ooh! That's kind of thick in the flavor, right? Yeah, I'm getting peach. Nope. 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 Your palate pineapple. might be off. Pineapple. Ding, ding. Does it taste like pineapple? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was getting on the nose. Oh, I didn't get it on the nose at I all. really get it in the flavor. Yeah. It I'm is getting like peach and pineapple. It's like that dull golden pineapple type flavor. It reminds me a bit of the very strong perception of the golden pineapple that you get in the pineapple mana wheat beer by mm. um, Maui Brewing Company. It's good. Very perceptible. So this must be like a pineapple sour. You know, well, and here's the interesting thing. I'm not big on that Cheerio note. But I like it in this a lot. Yeah. It, it, there's something about the flavor ride with this beer. It's like super strong pineapple. Then it kind of goes a little bit to that, like, funkiness. And then... It, it transitions to that like naked Cheerio weedy type quality. And I don't know, just that, that transition works really well hmm. flavor wise. Yeah. I think it's good. So I, yeah, I dig it. Mm. And it is sour, but it's not crazy. Yeah. It's definitely more of a, I mean, it's, I know you were saying it, you smell, it's a little funky. I don't mind getting too much funk. There's it's a just, little though. It's just a little more, it's more sour than funky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and there, it hits you with a decent sourness up front when you take a sip, but then I feel like it, it then comes in with a decent sweetness mm-hmm. from that kind of fruity pineapple note. Um, it kind of helps balance out a little bit. So I like that. Mm-hmm. All right, now it's rating time. What are you going to do for what? Um, so beer A, I'm going to give a three. Okay. I'm going to give it a two. Okay. That makes me not very happy. But it's not offensive, really. And then beer B. So that's a 2.5, obviously. I'm going to give that a 6. Yeah, this one's good. Um, I'll go 5 on that one. I do quite like it, but I can't... I don't think I can go quite to a 6, but... Okay, so obviously B is the winner of this episode with an overall 5.5. A is a loser with an overall 2.5. Stop making hazies, people. (laughs) So this is another one of those situations where, oh, well, actually this is a situation where we've had multiple beers from one of these breweries, and we've had a more limited amount of beers from the other brewery. Okay. I think we've, yeah, we've had these breweries on the podcast, both of them, before. 
Just one more than the others, I think. So beer number A, 2.5 is. This hurts. That's oh, by Half Acre. This hurts. I know. This probably hurts you more because you love Half Acre. I do. It's called Tome? Yep. T-O-M-E. By Half Acre, it's a hazy pale ale. Yeah, so I assume that ABV is pretty low. A 16 ounce can. Oh, okay, never mind. I think I checked this one and I didn't even see the ABV. I don't see the ABV. Yeah, I didn't even see the ABV on it. Watch out with how much you're tipping that. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. Unless it's with the date code on the bottom, which they do date code on the bottom. No, it's not there. So, (sighs) I wanted to like this. I really wanted to like it because it's Half Acre and Half Acre makes some really good stuff. Sorry, Charlie. But yeah, not a fan, man. Sorry, Half Acre. So then that leads us to beer B, which I feel like this is pretty triumphant because you gave it a six and you're not huge on sours. So this is a big deal. So winner of the episode overall 5.5. Also a 16 ounce can. (laughs) Rebecca's just cringing as she's looking at the label because i don't know how to say this it's not straightforward yeah um, I'm, I'm gonna give it to you okay i got it <laughs> <laughs> so this is by unani both these breweries are from chicago this is unani and this is their la soul 12 okay it's in roman, Ro- numer- roman numerals numer- so it's I like la- i don't even know <laughs> la soul 12 and that is an american wild ale fermented with pineapple and does this one have the ABV? I feel like this one might not either. Well, that's interesting slash random. Yeah, no ABV on that one either. Okay. So. Okay, mystery. Low. It's sour. It's yeah. low. I mean, we taste it. Both of these, they're low. But uh, what are your thoughts? I thought it was good. Yeah, interesting way to uh, to wrap up. When I was doing my purchase, I knew I wanted something from Unani. And I saw that they had a few versions of this La Soul. And of them, this one was the highest rated on Untapped. Oh, <laughs> is that what you did? Yes. So it actually ties in. Because I was so just like, I don't know which one to get. Because they're all the same beer, but they're done with different fruits. Mm-hmm. So I just looked at the Untapped rating. So I'm <laughs> part of the problem. Well, I mean, that's what... <laughs> That's what people do. Yeah, so that's a good tie-in to the to the yeah. subject, but um, yeah, so that's what I did. But um, I like how Unani does stuff mm-hmm. thus far, and this is the beer that you could only purchase in two packs of sixteen ounce cans. Oh, so we only have one other sixteen ounce of that. Meanwhile, we have three more of the tome, mm. unfortunately. But I can I can take care of those three as just like a after I have a good beer and then I just need, like, something I don't need to focus on, I'll just, I'll take care of that. Okay. I'll, ta- I'll take three for the team. Thank you, sir. Is what I'll do. Because I'm good like that. You I'm, are. I'm an excellent husband. Yeah, you are. Co-host. All those things. Take care of all the beer I don't want to drink. I do. And it's hard. It's hard It's hard work. sometimes. It really is. So, people, please do us a favor. If you like any episode we do, anything, if you enjoy listening to this, do us a solid. It doesn't take long. Rate us and review us, especially on iTunes if you can. But if you can't, what other, whatever other podcatcher you use, um, send us an email if you have ideas for podcast format episodes, certain beers you want on, certain breweries you want us to get beers from, or 
showcase, do a whole showcase on. Uh, if you want to get us beer mail, beers, we can talk about that. But Brutal Battle Podcast at gmail.com. Rebecca's got the Instagram. Brutal Battle Podcast. And she's posting at least twice a week. Yeah. Pretty much. It's fun. We actually had a post recently about mocktails that we're doing, by the way. Because we're not always just drinking alcohol. Sometimes you want something with some good flavor, but you don't want to drink booze. There's a really cool monthly subscription box called Raising the Bar, which is mocktail recipes. And they come with the ingredients to make mocktails. And we've done two thus far, and they were really tasty, mm-hmm. including one that was called a Smoky Rose, which I thought I would not like, but it ended up being really good. Um, and I, this is not sponsored or anything. Like we have no, we have no tie into the company. We just decided to try the product and really like it. So, just saying. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, but anyway, thanks everyone for checking this out, and until next time, keep it brutal.